Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. We have a lot of football to talk about, plus some racing and baseball. Busy, busy weekend, home opener, season opener for the Colts. Excited about that. Right now, though, busy day, so you have to bring in the best. The best is Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. It's a pleasure to be with you and Brad Huber. 30 minutes down, 120 minutes to go. We wrapped up high school football week number three today. Cathedral and Chatard. This game was suspended last night because of a power outage with the lights with Cathedral. They were leading at halftime 21-10, and they lose 24-21. Bishop Chatard makes the comeback and the Fighting Irish fall. Indian Creek tops Galesburg 35-14. Galesburg of Illinois. Red Hill of Illinois tops North Central Farmersburg 21-6. And South Vermilion defeats North Vermilion today 40-35. On the college football front of things, starting in the Division One, Georgia took on Ball State. They made the travel down south. 45-3 loss for the Cardinals to spread in this game According to Caesar Sportsbook, closed at 42 points, so it was a push. I guess it's a win in that column for the Ball State Cardinals. They will face the Indiana State Sycamores next week. That'll be a home game for Ball State at 2 o'clock. And speaking of the Sycamores, they played last night against the Indiana Hoosiers, and they lost 41-7. to Taven Jackson for Indiana got the start. 18 of 21, 236 yards passing, and he had a rushing touchdown. Jalen Lucas. The running back for the Hoosiers, 10 attempts, 88 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground, both of which were 25-yard touchdown runs. Indiana State struggled offensively, only 93 yards of total offense. Next up for the Hoosiers will be the Louisville at noon at Lucas Oil Stadium. That'll be in downtown Indy, noon kickoff on Big Ten Network. The Butler Bulldogs defeated Taylor 41-13, Brett Bushka, 185 yards passing and a passing touchdown. The Bulldogs as a team ran for 269 yards. Jiren Mitchell for Butler, 12 attempts, 178 of those 269 and three rushing touchdowns. Butler will face the Wabash Little Giants at 6 o'clock next week. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish played this afternoon. They traveled on the road their first test of the season, and they defeat the NC State Wolfpack 45 to 24. Sam Hartman continues to shine through three weeks or two weeks of college football. Notre Dame is 3 and 0 after the win. They are ranked 10th. He has accumulated over 700 yards passing, 10 passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. Today he had four passing touchdowns and nearly shy of 300 yards passing. Audric Estime 14 attempts, 134 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. That ups his season total to 345 through three games and four rushing scores for the Fighting Irish. They will play Central Michigan next week for week three. That'll be a home game. And then they'll welcome Ohio State in week four. That's one that's circled on the calendar by many. Rounding out Division One, Purdue 
They had a six-hour delay, it felt like. It's because it was of a rain delay against Virginia Tech as they took on the Hokies. 24-17 win for Purdue. They were leading 17-0, and then Virginia Tech came back and tied it at 17 before a touchdown in the second half for Purdue to go up 24-17. Hudson Card, 248 yards through the air, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have a rushing score. Devin Mockaby, 95 yards on the ground with a rushing score. Tyrone Tracy, 51 rushing yards on four attempts. He had one ground score as well. He's got three total touchdowns through two games. They held the passing attack of Grant Wells and Kyron Jones that produced secondary to 45% in total. Next week, the Syracuse Orange will come to West Lafayette. That is a 7.30 kick, and that'll be on NBC. In Division II, the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds were off this week. They will face Wayne State at the Key Stadium Next week, that'll be a 6 o'clock kick from Indianapolis. The Anderson Ravens lose to the DePaul Tigers 68-19 today. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network Driven. The number two, savelives.org is their website. Minor League Baseball tonight, the Indianapolis Indians lose to the Toledo Mudhens 13-2. The final with me, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Indians, Howard Kelman. This is a long night at the ball yard tonight, Howard. Well, you're right, Bob. It didn't start out that way. The Indians starter, Max Cranick, threw two scoreless innings, and the Indians got a one nothing lead, scoring in the first. So they're ahead one nothing right. after two. Cam Aldred came in. He walked the leadoff man in the third, and bases on balls come back to haunt you. And then a moment later, at East Leonard belted a grand slam for the mud end. Yikes. And they were just off and moving. It was just a rough, rough night. I mean, it's bad enough Toledo scored all those runs. Indian pitchers walked 12 batters. 12. Oh. So oh. this, this oh spot, though, yeah, this shows you the game way baseball is because, remember, the two previous games, last night right. and the night before, the Indians held the Mud Hens to one run total in two games. So that's baseball. Yeah, you know, kind of you kind of expect the floodgates to open, and, and they certainly did for the uh, Mud Hens tonight. And, but you're exactly right. Uh, you get punished if you walk people, and, and you should, quite frankly, with, you know, with the skill level that you have. And I understand people are going to throw uh, – they're not going to throw strikes all the time, but 13 bases on balls, that's a tough night. Yeah, it really is, and especially when you issue a leadoff walk, and the Indians did that oh, several times. Yikes. Because right. that oh, puts my. the pitcher in the hole, and they're really right. moving. And I, the Indians, too, Bob, until tonight, they had dominated the season series against Toledo. They had won 13 of 16 until tonight, which is really domination. Yeah, and so it's kind of a, you know, uh, it's a, supposed to happen for the mud hens they've had such difficult times with them so all right so we get a chance to bounce back tomorrow correct yes it's the final game of the homestand 135 starting time kids eat free every sunday at victory field and this is the next to last homestand of the season the indians will go to omaha for six games next week and then be back home at Victory Field for the final six games a week from Tuesday. They'll play Rochester then, and that is the AAA team of the Washington Nationals. 
get out to the uh, ballpark, best uh, best ballpark in the country. While you're there at Victory Field, stop by the gift store and buy Howard's book, 61 Humors and Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. Buy it. I've read it. You should, too. Howard, as always, thank you so much for the call. Bob, as always, I thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Eddie Garrison, you're a baseball man. Can't walk leadoff hitters. Just nope. can't do it. Nope. That is like number one rule as a pitcher. You cannot walk the leadoff hitter because like 80% of the time he's going to come around That's the floor. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. So why do they do it then? <laughs> That's a question I, uh, I was asking my 17-year-old travel team over the summer. It's that existential question. If it's if that leadoff hitter is the most important hitter, then why do you put him on base? Yeah, I didn't do it on te- intentionally, coach. But you know, but you know how pitchers are. They try to yeah. you know try to you know nibble on this corner and try to manipulate all. Just throw strikes, right? Yeah. So put the thing in play. Uh, we have infielders and outfielders that can make plays. Have faith in what's going on. Try not to get too cute and throw strikes. Now, Game over. Come you- on can't use this motto with like minor league or major league players at all but uh one thing i would tell our pitchers is see how far you can hit it just throw it over the middle i mean if he hits it out of the park he hits it out of the park so what but the rest of the time it's gonna yeah, be an out these guys will hit it 500 feet exactly so. yeah <laughs> so one of those all right run through small i know i, I caught your small college run through uh, indiana small colleges uh, today in, in college football all right so how did we, we all do we had your alma mater was off correct uh, hand was off, but we played everybody else, right? Correct. Uh, Anderson went to DePaul. They lost 68-19. to 19. Uh, Franklin, they faced uh, number 13, Aurora, in Division Three. They lost 45-30. to 30. Uh, Manchester got shut out by Alma. I'll spare everyone the score in that one. It was not pretty. Uh, Rolls-Holman and Trine, this was a good one. Uh, 30-28. Yes. Yeah, 30-28. to 28, The Engineers pick up their first win of the season over the Thunder. Right. Uh, the good Wabash Little Giants were also off this week. Uh, they will face Butler next week. Uh, moving Ooh. down into NAIA. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan and Valparaiso, 24-22 final. Indiana Wesleyan picks up the win. Valparaiso They're got the team. ball with like a, a minute or so to go. They go down and right. score. Not able to get the two-point conversion, though, so the Wildcats hold on by two points. Outstanding. Eddie, we'll pick this up. When we come back, Mark Jaynes. No, excuse me, Greg Rakestraw. And I will talk about the Colts. Mark Jaynes will join us later on tonight, talk some racing. Scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison on Indiana Sports Talk. Tomorrow afternoon, the Indianapolis Colts will start their 2023-2024 season by welcoming the Jacksonville Jaguars to town. Last year, the Jags' offense was 10th in points per game. As you heard from Matt Taylor earlier, their head coach and Doug Peterson wants to average 10 more points per game and put them right up there in the top three scoring offenses. Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talks about what he's seen on tape so far from the Jaguars. Yeah, they, they are very, very talented at all positions. You know, really good at the receiving core. Obviously, they added Ridley, and that makes them dynamic. And there's a lot of unknowns. You're going off of preseason and, you know, some of the times when he played at Atlanta to get a feel for him. But, uh, you know, the back and obviously the quarterback, they, they've got really good skilled positions, um, you know, that can really be very explosive. I know in a couple of preseason games, I think it was Dallas, I looked they had like 12 explosive plays 
you know, so they have that ability to get big plays and it's through a variety of guys. I think they do a good job of trying to make sure everybody gets their touches. If the Colts are able to win tomorrow, it'll be the first time since 2013 that the Colts have won their season opener. Here's Shane Steichen talking about the importance of winning tomorrow afternoon. I think when you win your first home opener or wherever you're on the road, I think it gives your, your team confidence. And that even if you lose the game, it doesn't mean you lose confidence. It's a long season. I mean, you got 17 weeks of a grind. You don't know how this thing's going to play out. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to win every game, and obviously the first one's a big one. Tomorrow will mark the start of the Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson era in their NFL regular season debuts. Kickoff at 1 o'clock. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Colts at home taking on Jacksonville tomorrow. Member of the Colts broadcast team, Greg Rakestraw, joins us. Hello, Greg. Hello, Coach. So I had Matt Taylor on earlier. So I know you're pouring over your notes. I know you prepare, uh, and you have you have that ability to – uh, write things down and then you've memorized it. It's, it's an uncanny thing, and you know it drives me crazy. But I know you you are prepared. This will be a challenge now for the Colts. I'm not sure we know uh, what to expect from the Colts, but we do have an idea what to expect from Jacksonville. Great run last year. Many of those guys are back. They're explosive on both sides of the ball. So this will be a challenge for the Colts. It will be, uh, and I have spent so much time around you and other coaches over the last 30 years that what I'm about to say is going to sound very coach-like, so you can start chuckling about this now. Well, I, I, I am apologizing in advance. <laughs> no need. You will appreciate this. The Indianapolis Colts have, have, have enough question marks and are so young, especially with Anthony Richardson at quarterback, without having Jonathan Taylor at running back, at the cornerback spot, kind of the secondary in general. Everything you said about the Jaguars is completely accurate. I'm not sure how concerned, because obviously the Colts are going to game plan for the Jaguars, but so right. much the focus will be on what the Indianapolis Colts do. And, you know, you hear coaches say, well, we're just more concerned about us. And so much of the time, that's <laughs> just complete garbage, okay? This mm-hmm. is one of the times where that's the case. And so... Yeah, there. I, I acknowledge the things that Jacksonville does well, both in terms of Trevor Lawrence and the way they have upgraded their wide receiver core over the course of the last couple of years, the way they have built that team defensively. But right now, because there's so much that we don't know about the Indianapolis Colts, it's it's almost like the Colts are playing Team X. I acknowledge they're playing a division, mm-hmm. but they play three of them, you know, out of the gate. But right now, where this team is, it's about what the Indianapolis Colts are doing not so much than, say, whom they are playing tomorrow afternoon. Well, that's a good point. And it wasn't too too much coach speak. It was it's direct <laughs> and to the point. And, and extreme, you know, it was accurate. That's exactly what you're doing. I, I think, you know, since you're, you have brand-new people everywhere, right, you know, coach, quarterback, all these other things, coordinators and all that, well, you know, let's go out – Let's try to work on our personality as a group and, and, and what we are. Let's find out who we are. Uh, and this is one way, obviously, a step 
in in that process of finding out who you are. It's hard to hard to think about uh, teams and playing them. Granted, you you know you play to win and do all that, and you game plan and this that and the other. But you need an identity. You need to know who you are and what you can do. Uh, and this is a great way to do it. And you know what better way than to go out and face an opponent that's going to come after you from the opening tip here, so to speak. And it's going to be a it'll you you'll get a barometer to use Matt Taylor's words. This is a barometer game. You'll find out a lot about where you are and what you need to improve upon very quickly in this game tomorrow. And your reference identity. And again, I, th- this is not to be damning of the Colts. I think they're still learning. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I think oh. they, are, they are learning on the job as to exactly what this group is going to be this year. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I actually think to some degree that is to their advantage because we know how Shane Steichen ran an offense in Philadelphia, and there's obvious comparisons between what Jalen Hurts did and what we think Anthony Richardson right. can do. Um, there are obvious comparisons in terms of how the Eagles handled the rushing game last year without having a dominant back. Colts don't have that for the first four weeks, at least in terms of Jonathan Taylor. Where the Colts don't match up with the Eagles is 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 at the wide receiver position right now. Um, where the Colts don't match with the Eagles is kind of what they have defensively. Although I think the defensive side is the stronger side of the ball, at least in terms of the front seven for this team. I do think there is an advantage for the Indianapolis Colts because the opposing teams aren't exactly sure what Anthony Richardson's going to do at this point. Opposing right. teams aren't exactly right. sure the type of offense that Shane Steichen is going to run at this point. So I do think you could see maybe even some earlier success for this offense than you would see week four, week five, week six, just because there is, there is great unknown. And I think there's a little bit of, of unsurety about what the opposing defenses will see from this Colts offense to begin the season. That's a great point. I mean, it's a, a, a tremendous point because, you know, uh, at that level, it, it, and not, you know, all, all levels of, of football, uh, it's about tape. It's about uh, watching tape, seeing what you've done. You, you've got an extensive catalog of what teams have done in the past. So now, you know, what you're doing is tracking down tape uh, of Shane Steichen's offensive uh, maneuvers, uh, you know, in his previous stop. Uh, you have not, you know, you can go ahead and look at Anthony Richardson uh, at Florida, but and I'm not sure that's really relevant. So w- what you're doing is you can come out, you can, if you're the Colts, you're scheming right now some things. They really don't have an idea whether you're going to line up with four running backs, two running backs, one running. They have no idea because you know you didn't see anything in preseason. You're not going right. to. So yeah, it's a great point. You have a blank slate going in. Coming Coming into this game, and what an it, it, it is an advantage for you in some respects because you really are starting from scratch, and you're the only ones who know what you're doing. Absolutely. Now, again, Anthony Richardson, the, the most of, of the three different quarterbacks that Shane Steichen worked with, and this is the thing that I think that was most appealing uh, to the Colts. The last three quarterbacks that Shane worked with were Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. And those three guys are nothing alike other than they tend to be the guy that takes the snap from the center. Right. That's what they have in common. Right. Other than that, everything is different. The obvious direct corollary is Jalen Hurts' offense in Philadelphia to what you hope Anthony Richardson can grow into here 
Um, but again, this sounds cliche. I do think this is how the Colts are going to play it. I think they will primarily be, what is the defense going to give you? And, and the reason they're going to be that way is that it's going to be the short passing game. It's going to be getting the ball out of Anthony Richardson's hands quickly. It's going to be easy reads, and you're trying to make his early days as a quarterback in the National Football League as easy as possible for him. You know, the questions you have is you had an underperforming uh, offensive line a year ago, and, and can they get back and reclaim some of that swagger they had uh, prior to last year? And then secondly, can you put pressure uh, on, on Trevor Lawrence and, and get some things going defensively? Those are tangible uh, questions, and you know, they're hard to answer right now, but those are questions coming into this game. You know, it's funny because there's been so much attention. There's only so much oxygen in the room, as you know. And so mm-hmm. because you've got a new quarterback and a new coach and your running back's unhappy and Shaquille Leonard, you know, is, has, has been a part-time effective player two years ago, barely saw the field last year, and then you weren't sure what his status was going to be heading into the preseason, there's only so many questions you can, you can kind of answer or even topics you can look for in the preseason. People almost assumed, maybe I'm guilty of this too, that the offensive line was going to play better just because they brought the same guys back when they were far (laughs) from good last year. And so, Mm -hmm. to me, both the Shaquille Leonard question and the offensive line question, I'll have a much better answer for you at this time tomorrow because we will see those guys taking snaps in anger against teams that have schemed for them for the last couple of weeks. We're going to see exactly, you know, Shaquille Leonard, I believe, is healthy, but can he still be an impact player? We're going to find out tomorrow afternoon. Um, All the things that you would think would help this offensive line are in place now, but can they actually Mm -hmm. go out and get the job done? We're going to find out tomorrow afternoon. Outstanding. So if you're in the Indianapolis area, you want to call the postgame show. Greg's the man. It's fun. I'll be poolside. I'll be listening to you. I appreciate you doing this. Have fun tomorrow, Greg. Thanks for uh, joining us. You got it, Coach. Take care, buddy. Thanks so much. Coming up, I'm going to talk a little racing with Mark Janes. After the scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison on Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. For one final time tomorrow, the NCT IndyCar Series will be in action. The points has already been decided. The championship that went to Alex Pillow after he won last week in Portland. It's his second career championship crowning. He won in 2021. He will start tomorrow's race sixth for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. This is at Laguna Seca. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, he will be on the pole in his last race for Aaron McLaren Racing. It was announced earlier this week he will replace Simon Pagina with Meyer Shank Racing. He will start in the pole tomorrow afternoon, 120.8. 897 miles per hour for Felix Rosenquist. Starting behind him will be Scott McLaughlin, Christian Lungard, Joseph Ugarden, Scott Dixon, and Alex Pillow. That rounds out the top six. Rookie Yuri Vips is making his debut in IndyCar tomorrow. He will start seventh, Renas VK eighth, Will Power ninth, and Ramon Grosjean round out the top ten. Green flag drops tomorrow afternoon at 2.30 Eastern 
on NBC, Peacock, IndyCar Radio Network to conclude the NTT IndyCar Series season. Minor League Baseball, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the Dayton Dragons 7-1 final. Dragons with the win. They scored a run in the third, a run in the fifth, two in the third, and they got three more in the ninth just as insurance runs. The South Bend Cubs, they defeat the Wisconsin or the River Bandits tonight 5-2, to and the Indianapolis Indians, they fall to the Toledo Mudhens 13-2. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. And by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Again, their very important website, Driven, the number two, SaveLives.org. Lots and lots of things going on, obviously. You got the Colts uh, in Jacksonville tomorrow. Thank you all for listening last night. We appreciate that very, very much. High school football, week number three in the books. Later on tonight, Paul Paul Condry and I will talk about week three, look ahead to week four. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, week, week, week four in the books. This is week five. It's crazy. We're about we're past the halfway point. Let's talk a little racing right now, though. IndyCar at Laguna Seca tomorrow. The man who will have that call on many of these same stations around the state on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network, the voice of the Indianapolis 500 and the NTT Series, Mark James. Hello, Mark. Coach, thanks for giving me an opportunity to take my mind off the fact that Steve Sarkeesian's Texas Longhorns are dismantling my Alabama Crimson Tide at Bryant-Denny Stadium. <laughs> You're welcome, my brother. <laughs> you, you know anything I could do to help you out, you know that. I mean, you don't even have to ask. It's understood. That bad for you, huh? Well, I mean, Alabama the last couple of years has restockpiled the NFL with talent, so... Um, I, I think it appears as though that uh, Nick's going to be caught. Coach Saban's going to be caught a year. For Alabama, it might be a down year in which they don't make the college playoffs, but uh, they may be a year away. But uh, oh no, uh, still a solid program. But uh, but yeah, it's been a bit of frustrating night for sure. Right. And uh, as I'm watching the television, I'm seeing the fans are heading for the exit of Brian Denny Stadium with 3:30 to go. It's Texas 34, oh. Alabama 24. Yeah. Always remember, they love you when you win. <laughs> that's right. That's for sure. And, and if you don't, they if you don't, they don't know you. I understand it. All right, so um, Felix Rosenquist has already wrapped up the point standing. So is this an anticlimactic race, or, or there are plenty of storylines going on in this race tomorrow? Are there not? Well, Felix is a very deserving uh, poll winner and a, a big week for him because it was announced earlier this week that he's moving on from Errol McLaren and uh, yeah, he'll land at Meyer Shake Racing, essentially taking the place of Simon Pagino and uh, and teaming, teaming uh, you know, uh, he'll have a new teammate next year. And, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he, a lot of people happy for Felix. They like him a lot. But, yeah, Alex Fallot wrapped up the championship his second in three years last weekend in Portland and you know, the yeah, summit may seem cool. that climatic, right. but uh, there are plenty of other awards that are up for grabs. You know, I mean, uh, 
there's uh, there, there's right. there's a leader leader circle uh, prize money uh, that goes to full time teams. It would take too long to explain exactly what that means. I can tell you that the top twenty two <laughs> teams. The short version is the top twenty two teams are eligible for that money, which obviously will help them with their budgets for next year. And there's about twenty five teams that are battling out for the final couple of spots. Um, there's the rookie of the year battle uh, that that looks like Marcus Armstrong's going to win. Um, he's right. uh, he's he's going to be full time with Canasti next year. And you know, there's such a thing as momentum. I mean, you might not win a championship, and maybe you didn't win the Indy Five Hundred, but you know, if you're right. going to have a positive off season, it's a lot better to go into it with a positive feeling off a win or at least a top five in the final race of the year. I incorrectly mentioned that uh, Felix Rosenquist won the point title. He did not. Alex Below did that. Thank you for correcting me. Um, but, you know, it's no um, it, it's just one of these situations. No, no. It, it, I think the, the concept of momentum, I think you're 100% right. Because, you know, it's a long off season, uh, just like any kind of sport. And you want to go into that off season on a positive note. Um you know, for you know your staff and everybody involved in it, so they they come to work with on a mission and and ready to try to get some things better the next time around. I think it's a great great point about what's going on because it's been competitive. I mean, the the series has been extremely competitive uh, when you look at this, even though the point standings. And man, Brad Huber reminded me that this is the first time in a while uh, the point standing has been determined before that line, that final race. Yeah, it was 2008, and and I think furthermore, the reason this offseason is going to be important for all of these race teams is because, Coach, I think Team Penske is probably going to be the only team that will have no driver changes going into next year. Uh, Every other team will have one, in some instances, two (laughs) driver changes, and so – you know, right. you, the chemistry is a tough thing that, that, that it, to, to develop. I mean, it's not something that's automatic, and, and mm-hmm. it's something that, that, that doesn't ever show up. So, uh, you know, the, any off-season testing they get a chance to do, the sooner they can get drivers into the shop and start meeting with the race teams and get on simulators and start talking strategies and things of that nature and get familiar with one another, the better off they'll be. And uh, you want to be able to do that when you have a good feeling on the race team in terms of the performance of the last race, regardless of who the driver was. Mark James with us. We're talking about IndyCar out at Laguna Seca. You like this venue, do you not? Yeah, I do. You know, I mean, uh, it's hosted the season finale for the last couple of years. Uh, I, 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 this is the last year it's going to do that. It's going to stay on the schedule. We've heard that it's going to move to June. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very fast course. They just repaved it, which made it bad fast. To give you an idea of just how much faster it is this year, uh, the mm. Indy Next presented by Firestone is the, the you know, the, the rung below the NTT IndyCar right. Series. And those cars are running as fast as the Indy cars ran last year. Wow. <laughs> uh, that gives you an wow. idea of how much speed they're carrying around that place. And, you know, it's been a kind of a tough nut to crack because they say there is a racing groove and they say there is plenty of grip in that racing groove. But if you get out of the racing groove at all, I mean, uh, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And, 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 you know, that, that rear end grip flat goes away. And, uh, right. you know, the iconic, Corkscrew, which is, uh, you know, one of the most famous uh, portions of a racetrack anywhere in the world. It's bad, fast, and it's very unforgiving. There's a lot of elevation changes. And so uh, I think tomorrow's going to be an awfully interesting day, and it's a phenomenal way to wrap up the season. And uh, uh, we're all excited about wrapping up the season. And, uh, 
and seeing what next year uh, holds. We know there's going to be some schedule changes. Mm-hmm. We're hearing mm-hmm. the old course at Milwaukee may come back. And, of course, next Good. year the season finale will be in Music City, Nashville, which would be cool. So who's had success on this venue uh, in, in the past in terms of looking at tomorrow who might be one of the favorites based on what they've accomplished on this venue? Well, I know he didn't qualify very well. The Colton Hurt has been fast here. Scott McLaughlin, all the Penske guys have been fast here. Uh, right. Joseph Newgarden had an incident qualifying last year, started 24th and ended up in the top five. Uh, Scott McLaughlin's going to be fast. He's going to start on the front row. Uh, like I said, Colton Hurt has been good here. He has to start a little deep in the field. Scott Dixon's always good here. You know, it's the, it's the usual suspects. Yeah. But, you know, all depending on how the pit strategy and the cautions fall out, I mean, you could get a first-time winner tomorrow. That wouldn't surprise me at all either. I know you're fired up. I can tell you're fired up already. Um, you've had another great year. You really have. Uh, and I you, you, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you take time to join me and talk about racing on the show. You know, oh. uh, you and I go back a long way. I love you. Love, uh, love the family. Uh, miss Desiree. Me not being an IUPUI, I miss that that interplay. I appreciate all that. So, have fun. Enjoy yourself tomorrow night. Okay. Appreciate your friendship and your support. You know it means the world to me too, and you're very important to my entire family. You know that. Oh, I know, and I and I appreciate it. I love the James family, and have fun. I know you're going to try. Hopefully, you're going to get a little time off. I'm hopeful that you get that, don't you? Well, still educating the masses of Monrovia High School, and I'm splitting <laughs> between rooting on my Monrovia Bulldogs and my uh, and and the Ben Davis Giants, where my son's an assistant defensive back right. coach this year. Right. So. <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Have fun tomorrow, Mark. Thanks for your time. All right, coach. Good health to you. Take care. Thanks so much. Mark James, the uh, IndyCar race in Laguna Seca tomorrow, wrapping up their season. Scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison. We'll come back and talk more on Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. We've got a good one going on right now in college football. 13th-ranked Oregon, the Ducks, are taking on the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And this game is a one-possession game, 38-30. Oregon has put up 20 points here in the fourth quarter. They were trailing, and obviously that big 20-point has helped them lead by eight. Although they did just have a pick six that put them up 38-30 with less than 40 seconds to go, so probably not a good smart to take it all the way back to the house because the Red Raiders were down to just one timeout. Now 20 seconds to go, Texas Tech is nearing midfield. Washington State, Wisconsin, the 19th-ranked Badgers are on the road, and they're down by two. They are threatening to score, though. They are on Washington State side of the field, and they've put up 13 points in the second half and shut out Washington State in the second half as well. Oregon State, UC Davis, that game is already a blowout at halftime, 38-0 to this afternoon. No major upsets. Utah had to come back and defeat Baylor on the road. They did that without their star quarterback, Cam Rising, after a 14-point fourth quarter. The Utes defeat the Bears 20-13. to Colorado continuing to prove that they are for real. The 22nd-ranked Buffaloes, they defeat Nebraska 36-14. to Shadur Sanders 
393 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Michigan, they defeat UNLV 35-7. Ole Miss comes back and outscores Tulane in the fourth quarter 20-3 to win 37-20. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Eddie Garrison, you're my guy. Listen, one of my favorite things, I, mean, I, I coached college basketball for 21 years, but part of that, you know, the, my time at Franklin College, I, I was a football massive fan. And a little earlier about uh, small college scores. Can you access those scores and catch me up to date? Um, I know we had yep. uh, uh, UNU and Hanover were off. Yep. And so, uh, catch me up on what's happening in small college because I love them all and we have great affiliated stations around the state near many of these campuses. I was intrigued by Indiana Wesleyan again. They're good. Uh, they had a good win again today, did they not? Yeah, Indiana Wesleyan defeated Valparaiso 24-22. They were leading 24-16, to uh, I think, with about 90 seconds left in that one. Valparaiso scores a touchdown uh, with about 15 seconds to go, if that. And then uh, the Beacons aren't able to convert the two-point conversion, so... The Wildcats hang on to win 24-22. Um, Marion, they are sixth wow. in NAIA. They took on 13th-ranked St. Xavier. Right. This was their alumni day for their home opener. Uh, 28-21 win for Marion. So Ted Karras and company off to a good start in his return back to Marion. Their Ted Karras back in action. Yeah. That's right. He's a great guy, great coach. Happy for them. Uh, we have two teams in the top. Uh, top 10, is that right? Uh, yeah, in that game. Marion and Indiana Wesley? Uh, I don't know about Indiana Wesley. I got to double check on that front. But I do know that Marion, uh, they are number six right now in NAIA. Uh, yeah. They took on number 13 ranked St. Xavier, so well, I don't know I if know. that's where you got that from or not. Saint, yeah, St. X, yeah, maybe that's it. St. X, uh, annually one of the better teams in that conference. That conference, by the way, is one of the best in the NAIA. Okay, keep going. This is good. I love all this. Uh, Taylor, they lost to Butler, uh, St. Francis, the Cougars lost to St. Francis, the fighting saints uh, of Illinois. So you had two St. Francis going at it. Yeah. Uh, Wabash was off today. Trine lost to Rules Holman 30 to 28. Uh, Manchester lost in a blowout variety, 68 to zero to Alma. Uh, Franklin college lost to 13th range Mm. Aurora, 45 to 30. Mm. That's a division three act. Yeah. I could uh-huh. hear. I was out. I was out in the pool, and so I could. I could hear the crowd. They weren't. They weren't very loud. I could. Oh, no. You could. It, it, you know, we're close enough to campus. Oh yeah, but you could tell. Uh, it was not a good day for the uh, for the alma mater. Uh, Anderson lost to DePaul sixty-eight nope. to nineteen, and uh, that'll mm-hmm. wrap. That pretty mm-hmm. much wraps up all the smaller college scores for today. That's it. All right, and uh, Notre Dame with a W, which is good. Very impressive win. Purdue as uh, well. 45-24 over North Carolina State. Purdue, how about the Boilers now? Waiting, what was it, six hours? It felt like that. I, I don't know what the exact timeage of, uh, time of it oh. was, but it was uh, – I know they didn't resume until 6.15. That game started at noon. I don't know how far in terms of time they got into the first quarter. Yikes. It was probably not even halfway Yikes. through, I right. don't think. I think it right. been like four or five minutes, so – they were pushing about five and a half hours of delay time. 
but they get a W. So congratulations to Coach Walters picking up his first win. That's a very important win after the disappointment last week. So everything is good. Everything is good. Eddie Garrison coming up later with another scoreboard update. Coming up in the next hour, let's look ahead. Paul Condry and I will, as we do on Saturday nights, recap the week in high school football. Yet the Chittarden Cathedral finishing their game this morning. Uh, had some uh, lighting issues last night, so he had to move that. So we'll talk about that. We'll uh, take a look back at some of the great matchups around the state uh, last night and look ahead uh, to to this weekend's games uh, around the state. So you want to join us for that. That's coming up in the next hour. Right now, though, get a little more ball to talk about. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brad Huber, Eddie Garrison, the A-team, back together. It's been a while since the A-team's been together. We're glad you're with us. Uh, We're going to talk some high school football coming up in the next hour, talk some more baseball. All right, Eddie Garrison, what's your game routine tomorrow? What's uh, for the Colts? What? What will you be doing? You going to the game? You working? I am What's working happening? the game. So I will be doing uh, the ride to kick off with JMV from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, and then I'll be producing uh, count, uh, the pregame huddle. That starts at 10. It'll end at noon. Right. Uh, and right. then from 1 to about you know 4 o'clock, I'll be cutting highlights for Matt Taylor as he's on the call with Rick Victoria and Lara Overton. And then about from 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock, I'll be doing the fifth quarter huddle with uh, Greg Rakestraw and Bill Brooks. So it is a long, Why don't long, you work tomorrow, day. Eddie? I know, you right? slacker? Right? You slacker? Why don't you get a job, for heaven's yeah, sake? that's what I'm thinking. Yikes. After after doing this until midnight. Come yeah. on. Yeah, and then I had the game last night as well. You know what? You're young. You can do this. That This is a good thing. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun to finally see Anthony Richardson play. Uh, that's the big thing. I think that'll be... I think every I'm like everyone else. I'm excited to see what he can do and uh, find out uh, what this new uh, regime is all about. But especially with Richardson, why would you not be excited about? He's a kid who has a, a tremendous amount of talent, and um, you know there's a lot at stake in this whole thing. It'd be fun to see how he does. Totally agree. I can't wait to see how he responds throughout the course of the game when he faces adversity because you know he'll face it at some point. I'm also interested to see yeah. how he learns throughout the course of the game. You know, starting less than 15 games in college, only playing in two of the preseason games. Uh, I'm interested to see just how quick he's able to adapt to changes along the defense for Jacksonville because Jacksonville will make changes. The Colts will certainly make changes on right. offense. So uh, I'm excited about the little intricacies within the game that Anthony Richardson uh, has to learn as he goes around his uh, or navigates through his rookie season. I would temper everyone's expectations with the uh, – I'm a big fan of history. I look at things and you know maybe in a different light, having – made a living as a coach for 20-plus years, all that stuff. Um, you know he's going to struggle at some point, as you pointed out. And the other thing is try not to have such – you know, try to have 
reasonable expectations. Most first-year quarterbacks have difficulty. The pace is not something they're they're used to. Uh, defensive, um, you know, the speed at which the game is played uh, is intense. You haven't seen that before. And then coverages are different. Uh, skill level is different. So I'd get everybody to temper what expectations they have. But like you, I'm excited for what's in store. Eddie Garrison coming up now with another scoreboard update. We're back after this short break on Indiana Sports Talk. <laughs> 